This is episode 238 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are How to Make 72-Hour Kits That Will Last Forever and Prepper's Guide to Situational Awareness and the OODA Loop. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I'd like to welcome all the new listeners, and if you are not subscribed, make sure to do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast network, and that will ensure that you get the latest episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. And let's go ahead and jump right in and read our first article of the podcast. It comes to us from foodstoragemoms.com. The article is entitled, How to Make 72-Hour Kits That Will Last Forever. Let's go ahead and start reading. This post is about how to make 72-hour kits that will last forever. I mean, once and for all. The food will be in a separate bag because, as you know, it goes bad, as in rancid. I store my 72-hour kits in my garage with a list I keep in a clear zippered bag that I have put in my kit storage bag and also in marks to keep everything dust-free. I have water stored right next to them with the water ready to grab and go. My food storage is in my emergency food pantry in the house ready to pick up and load in the car if the roads are drivable. I store it in a zippered bag as well. I have a list of the items in each bag so I never have to open and sort through my 72-hour kit ever again. Done. Period. I have a tag on each bag that has our name, a reminder to grab the water, our dog 72-hour kits, our daily prescriptions, and emergency binder with all of our important documents. I have timed it. It will take exactly two minutes to grab our 72-hour kits, the dog's kits, water, food, and emergency binder. Easy peasy. Again, please note, I have a tag attached to the bags to remind me what to grab. Water storage. These are the water jugs I prefer. Water bricks are my favorite because they have handles. I store these in clear sweater bags in my garage, ready to grab and go. You can see the hose that is lead free to fill my water containers with clean, pure water. I add this water preserver because I only have to rotate the water every five years. I have the blue bottles, Berkey sports bottles, in each 72-hour kit to purify water if needed. I also have cases of the blue cans. Yes, they are expensive, but they store for 50 years and they have a coating in each can so the water will never taste like metal. Blue can water. These are the perfect for a college student or an elderly family member to have stored for emergencies. Trust me, they are worried about surviving if they can't leave their campus or care center. They come 24 cans to a sturdy cardboard box. That's all I wanted for Christmas in 2016. Water in cases from Blue Can. I call them my set and forget water. I can picture myself enjoying sipping every last drop after a disaster. Yep, indeed, it's the best tasting water. Make 72 hour kits. I printed these on cardstock and placed them in page protectors. This way I never have to look again what is in each of the 72 hour kits, outer plastic bags, Mark and my kids. That keeps our kits dust-free. A large storage bags and medium storage bags. 
So food, water, prescriptions, essential oils, silver solution, binder, important documents. There's whistle, a compass, a, compass, a blanket, work gloves. In the personal unit, shampoo, toothbrush, toothpaste, razor, shave gel, bar of soap, liquid soap, sewing kit, and lip balm. In the basic unit, LED flashlights, batteries, or a solar flashlight, poncho, paper, pencil, water purification tablets, and garbage bags. In the first aid kit, safety pins, first aid books, two triple antibiotics, burn cream, non-latex gloves, gauze pads, butterfly bandages, aspirin, ibuprofen, antacids, alcohol prep wipes, non-aspirin products, and any other products your family requires for any special medical or other need. Please note, these I keep in a separate bag and I do rotate them to have fresh ones in my car, house, and 72-hour kit. A can opener, a toilet paper, metal cups with silverware, N95 masks, matches, Gold Zero solar flashlights, safety goggles, latex-free gloves, a surgical kit with scissors, bandanas, a CERT or Community Emergency Response Team notebooks, stethoscope and airway punch, hand warmers, 4-in-1 tool, duct tape, Berkey sports bottle, signal mirror, headlamps, multi-purpose pocket knife, cash and small bills like ones and fives and these are also printed in colors and attached to my sheets above to remind me again to grab these items food water prescriptions essential oil silver solution binder or important documents and cash i hope i never have to leave my home for evacuation purposes but mark and i are prepared to grab and go please think of it this way when you make your 72 hour kit these are designed for 72 hours, but you may be gone for two weeks. Just giving you the heads up. You do not want to be a family that walks into a school, church facility, a Red Cross tent with nothing in your hands. If you do, you will be waiting to receive food and water. Keyword, waiting. I refuse to stand in line. I'm prepared. I hope you understand. You must be prepared to take care of your own family. The government may take days, weeks, or months to bring you a case of water if they can even get the water soon enough. Please do not depend on anyone but yourself. May God bless the civic clubs, churches, and schools to teach people to be prepared because they are not doing a very good job right now. If they are, people are not listening. Thank you so much for those of you that get it. You are prepared, thank goodness. I love you all for that, Linda. All right, so and uh, she has here some links to lists that she's designed years ago for uh, how to make a 72-hour kit for an adult, for children, and for small pets. And you can link to those and, and go check those out uh, over there. So I think it's a great idea on having your 72-hour your kit. But, of course, there's some, you know, when she says uh, be prepared once and for all forever, she's talking about having the parts of your kit that you can Go ahead and set forever there, but then also knowing that there are going to be other components. And so she's really approaching this from, uh, you know, smaller kits. So you have the one big 72 hour kit, and then within that, you have larger Ziploc bags and medium sized Ziploc bags where you have other important information and those things or other important items, and those things get switched out, right? So she said her food is. Uh, her food is up. So I think she said her 72 hour kit is in the garage. So her food kit is not going to be in the garage. Uh, I can't remember exactly where Linda lives, but, uh, for instance, here in, in, in the Houston area, it's not, it wouldn't be good to keep it in the garage. It's just 
you know, it, it gets really cold and it gets really hot. So you want to make sure that you keep your food at a, at a decent temperature, right? It, it stays uh, uh, shelf stable. So yeah, but creating those kits and placing those kits maybe inside a food pantry or maybe even a closet that is easy to get to. And so you know that when you're ready to, to move, if you have to, that you can go ahead and put those in there. So you have those kits already prepared. But then you have these other kits that she was talking about. Uh, like the first aid kit that she switches out and she keeps with her uh, from time to time. And I totally agree with that. I have some smaller kits that I have made up. Uh, you know, I have a, you know, the bigger ones, I have bigger kits in, in the, uh, in our, in our automobiles, right? In our vehicles that are like underneath seats and different things like that. But then I have the smaller Altoid kit, uh, first aid kits, mini kits that I keep with me. And I've made one for each family member that they can keep as well. And so it's just, you know, really quick to get in there if you get a bug bite or you need some uh, some ibuprofen or, or you know, something along those lines. It's, it's there for you. If you need a Band-Aid, you know, those, those small little kits. And uh, that's what she's talking about here, that she makes these kits. Uh, she's, make, she's making these, you know, these components where she switches it out. And so uh, very, very important there to be able to do it and very easy. I wasn't 100% clear if she... Uh, if she set in in one of these kits where uh, these smaller components, the batteries, of course, you know, something like batteries and even the, the solar crank uh, type radios. I know uh, at one point, uh, Gay, my friend that, uh, that runs uh, strategiclivingblog.com now, uh, she had done an article on one of those emergency radios that she just hadn't taken out of the package and really used in, in, you know, I think it was like maybe a year or something like that. And they really need to be used. You really do need to charge, you know, if you have something that like charges, has a battery in it and yeah, you need to charge them. You need to use them. Uh, and you know, not like every day or whatever, but you need to, to do that every once in a while to make sure that they're working, uh, and that they stay in proper working order. And definitely batteries, you know, shouldn't be stored in places that are going to have extreme temperature swings, like in a garage or whatever. I mean, they'll last and, and you'll be able to, to use them, but I think they just are stay better if you keep them, you know, somewhere inside in the home to where you can go ahead and, and uh, you know, access those if you ever needed to. I like the idea of, you know, she puts these things on the outside, on these tags, on the outside of her bag. And so uh, it's a reminder of all the things you need. So in an emergency situation, when you're having to bug out and, and she is, um, you know, she's one of these people that is ta- has talked about that she doesn't want to leave her house. She doesn't want, if she's going to, she's going to bug in. She's not going to bug out, uh, you know, but we all know that there are times where you might have to, to leave your home. You might need to leave in an emergency and so she has taking the time now, you know, when, when things are calm, when uh, she has time to think all these things through to be able to put these things in place. And so she's even made these cards. Don't forget the dog, the, the dog kits. Don't forget the prescription medicine. Don't forget the food. Don't forget, you know, the cash. Don't forget all these things that she's, she has all these little tags where she can easily remind herself, you know, that she needs to grab these things. As opposed to just trying to, you know, to, to do it on the spare of the moment when you're right in the middle of a crisis. And so uh, I love that that she's able to, you know, to, she's, she's put that in place 
that just makes it very easy in a crisis situation in an emergency you don't want to sit there and have to think through all of this you want to be able to start to to get what you need and you need to move and so she's she's uh put things in place for herself and for her family and even for her pets that she's able to to do that now I want to go take a look at this water preserver that she talked about. It's rated really well on Amazon, uh, but one of the comments said it was just kind of it was just bleach. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it before. I uh, don't have a lot of information on this one. Maybe someone can do some research, or maybe that's something that you can uh, that you can look into. Uh, it's just it's just a water preserver. It just says water preserver, but like I said, it has a. Uh, 4.5 stars. There's 98 customer reviews. If it just is bleach, well, they just basically, they made it very easy for you to, you know, in this little bottle, just to count out the drops or whatever. Uh, and so that's kind of expensive if that's, if that's the case, you know, you can make that very easily yourself. If it's not bleach, if it's something else, well then definitely, you know, uh, that might be something that you might want to look into. Uh, it treats, 55 gallons so if you are storing big 55 gallon drums of water somewhere uh, then you know you can you can purchase this and use that to treat that and you can also if you're doing smaller uh, you know smaller containers you can use that to pres you know, to preserve there the blue can of water that she was talking about they are very expensive for 48 cans you're talking about 74 dollars right now on Amazon and uh, man, that is that is very very expensive for water. Uh, but I, I understand the uh, you know the ability to be able to to have something like that and not have to worry about it. You can put this in a closet and uh, you know not worry about you know tasting like plastic later on down the road uh, and those kinds of things. Uh, the blue cans have 4.5 stars and 115 customer reviews. So I guess people are purchasing them. And, uh, and, and, you know, storing them for, for emergencies or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, that's, that's an expensive, um, expensive item there. But if it brings you peace of mind, I guess that's something that you, you might want. Like she said, that was what she wanted for Christmas, uh, you know, in 2016. And so like, that's an easy, man, that's a, every guy, right. Would just love that. It's like, oh yeah, that's easy. I can order you a couple of cases of that from Amazon that, uh, you know, no brainer, uh, you know, it helps to, uh, keep us prepared. And then that's also uh, a great little gift there. And so I don't have to put a lot of thought into what my Christmas gift is going to be for you. But anyway, there's a lot of great stuff over here at food storage moms. There's uh, and like I said, there's a lot of links in her, her article. If you don't have a kit prepared, I'm going to encourage you to do that. Uh, you should have uh, a couple of kits, right? You should be carrying an EDC or an everyday carry. There are items that you carry every single day that are pretty valuable. And uh, you, if we really sat down, you probably already do it without really even thinking about it. So something like your phone. Uh, a lot of the times guys carry around a, a knife of some sort in their a pocket knife. And so you have those. Uh, ladies, if you have a purse, there might be some things that you always want to carry in your purse and, uh, and you have those uh, available. Um, and maybe just thinking through just a little bit more some other items that you would like to have for everyday carry and uh, that you maybe you would start to incorporate, right? But uh, you should have at least uh, something like uh, a kit. If you had to leave your home and, and uh, you needed to get out very, very quickly, 
this is a great idea. And it might be something as simple as you prepare it and uh, like Linda has done, uh, you put some tags on, on it so you know what you need to grab. But you can just put it in a closet and it just sits there. And so if you need it, you need it and, and it's there. If you don't ever need it, then, you know, that's that's great. You know, it's it's always good not to, to need something like that. Um, and then if you are traveling, if you, uh, for whatever reason, you, you work outside of the home and you don't work just around the corner. Let's say you there's a, you work a couple of miles away from home. You should probably have a get home bag. Uh, that is one of the the things that you should have. And it could be you know you're not trying to you know go out into the woods, right? You're not. This isn't wilderness survival. You're not packing everything that you need for that. You, it might be something as simple as you're going to pack some. Uh, you know, you put this. You keep this in your car, maybe. Um, you're going to pack some comfortable shoes if you have to walk. You have you're gonna you're gonna pack some comfortable socks so that you can put it in there. You might uh, put some water in there, maybe some snacks, maybe first aid, uh, you know, stuff in there. Maybe a battery charger uh, for your uh, for your phone. And so if you put those kinds of items in, then that might be something you do want to take inside. Uh, if, if you are working uh, and you just don't want to leave uh, in your car because, uh, you know, having water and plastic bottles and things like that isn't good to leave that in your car uh, with temperature extremes and, and different things like that. But, uh, you know, a get home bag would probably be something that would be really, really great to have. And uh, besides that, I, I just uh, a big proponent of having kits and then being able to make the components of a bigger kit, making smaller components. If you've never gone over to the Prepper Website podcast, I do have a page on on that's entitled What to Put in My Survival Kit. And what I did is I went through all the, the archives of Prepper Website and I pulled all the great articles. And I need to do this again and update it here real soon. But I pulled all the great articles that had to deal with and I put them in categories. So all the, the great uh, articles on bug out bags. So they're all in all listed together. All the great articles on EDC, uh, Everyday Carry, all the great articles on Get Home Bags, or even an article on your inch bag. And inch stands for I'm never coming home. This is like you grab your bag and you're gone and you know that you're never going to see your home again, right? And so, uh, you know, that I, I have all those articles that you can go check out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a popular page. People go check that out on a regular basis and uh, get great ideas for their survival kits. So if you've never done that, that might be a, a good point, uh, a good place to start. Don't get overwhelmed, but it's a good place to start. Uh, what do I put in my survival kit? And you can just go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that link is in the, uh, on the top on the menu page. All right, our next article comes to us from timgamble.com and the article is entitled Prepper's Guide to Situational Awareness and the OODA Loop. Now, situational awareness is one of those things that is very important because there's so many things that happen in our everyday life, but we need to be situationally aware so that we uh, we protect ourselves. And so Tim talks a little bit about that on uh, an everyday level, on a, on a local level, but he also talks about it on a global level. And I talk about that as well, the need to be prepped and aware of what's going on in our world. And uh, along the lines of, of the situational awareness, he brings in the OODA loop. And so uh, you're going to be able to, uh, to understand what all that means if you're not familiar with OODA loop. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Situational awareness is more than just paying attention to what is going on around you, though that is an important start. 
It means both knowing what to look for and how to access, make decisions about your surroundings. The end goal for situational awareness is correct action. The bridge from simply paying attention to taking corrective action is the OODA loop. OODA loop is an acronym for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. The loop aspect is that one should be constantly looping through OODA since situations and circumstances change constantly. Credit for the OODA loop goes to military strategist John Boyd. More on the OODA loop later in this article. Scott Stewart of Statfer.com defines situational awareness as being aware of one's surroundings and identifying potential threat and dangerous situations. That is an okay definition as far as it goes, but is primarily limited to immediate in both time and location, physical and external threats, and it doesn't talk about the end goal of correct action. A better definition of situational awareness should incorporate the concept of environmental scanning from the business world, especially public relations. BusinessDictionary.com defines environmental scanning as careful monitoring of an organization's internal and external environments for detecting early signs of opportunities and threats that may influence its current and future plans. This definition looks for opportunities as well as threats. It expands the scope beyond the immediate to include developing trends that may lead to future threats and opportunities. It includes not just danger from physical threats, but other threats, political, financial, etc. as well. Finally, it adds the idea of not just looking at the external situation, but also the internal situation. So, what is the OODA loop? And there is a graphic here that you can click on. As stated earlier, the OODA loop is an acronym by military strategist and Korean War veteran John Boyd. Presented above, click it for a bigger image, is a flowchart of how OODA loop works and the following is a simplistic explanation of its main points. Observe. Paying attention to the environment in which we are operating, noting potential threats and opportunities in order to quickly gain the knowledge and understanding we need for decision making. The key concept, observing should be continual as our environment is constantly changing. Orient. The orient phase is where you apply your mental models to what you observe in order to arrive at your understanding of your situation. Mental models are the way we understand the world, the system by which we think. This is perhaps the most complex and critical part of the OODA loop. According to Boyd, it is not the one with the most information that wins, but rather it is the one with the best understanding of the information they have that wins. Economist Richard J. Mayberry explains models this way. As we go through life, we build these very complex pictures in our minds of how the world works, and we are constantly referring back to them, matching incoming data against our models. That's how we make sense of things. Many things contribute to the models we use. Our family, influences, cultural heritage, religious beliefs, education, training, personal experience, and so forth. The key to orienting our understanding is to develop many mental models and to constantly refine or improve those models in a process Boyd calls destructive deduction. The examining, tearing apart, and rebuilding of those models. This process leads to improving your judgment. Decide. In the decision phase of OODA loop, you determine your best course of action based on your judgment using your mental models, 
of your observations. For example, you might decide to continue walking down the street because you observe no potential dangers. Or you may decide to cross over to the other side or even go back based on your judgment that the two thuggish looking men eyeing you as you approach are potentially dangerous. Act. In the action phase, you do something, you take an action based on the decision you made using your judgment of your observations. That action may be continuing to do what you were doing, or it might mean taking a new or different action. This last phase of the OODA loop is not the final phase. Remember, the concept is OODA loop, meaning you constantly loop through the phases. You may need to adjust your action based on changing circumstances. For example, when you cross the street to avoid those two thuggish-looking men, you may need to immediately take another action if they then cross the street too in order to intercept your path. In order to emphasize the constant looping nature of the OODA loop, Boyd would write hypothesis besides decision and test besides act. Every decision is really your hypothesis of what is the best decision in a particular situation, and every action is really a test of that decision. Situational awareness is an attitude, a mindset. It is something you need to consciously do on a continuous basis as you go about your normal day-to-day activities. Make it a habit. Realize that you need to be aware of your surroundings everywhere you go. Don't let your guard down just because you are somewhere you feel safe. Bad things don't just happen in bad neighborhoods, but can happen in good neighborhoods as well. Know what is normal for where you are and what's going on around you. Knowing what is normal is a mental model. Pay close attention to anything that is outside the expected normal. Observe what is going on. On around you and evaluate it against what you would expect it to be happening in your models. Part of observing is being able to actually see what is going on. Physically position yourself to be able to see what is happening around you. This means sitting with your back to a wall rather than turning your back on the room. It means sitting where you can observe doors and windows. It means parking in a well-lit, highly visible spot. It means avoiding dark alleys. Don't get so focused on something that you tune out everything else going on around you. This is sometimes called focus lock. Avoid so locking your focus on your smartphone, a conversation, the attractive lady in a miniskirt that just walked by, or anything else to the point you aren't paying attention to anything else. There are two types of situational awareness, the micro and the macro. Both should be practiced. Micro looks at your immediate surroundings, your neighborhood, your workplace, the store you're in, the people around you, the parking lot, the road you're driving on, and so forth. Macro looks at the bigger picture, such as local, regional, national, and international events that may affect you in some way. For the micro, as you go about your day, maintain awareness of your physical surroundings. This is the people and activity where you are at the moment. Don't get so involved with your smartphone, or anything else that you ignore what is going on around you. Stay aware of your immediate surroundings and any potential risks and threats. Are you parking in a highly visible, well-lit location near the entrance to minimize chances of ambush and muggings? Pay attention to the people around you and what they are doing. Is anyone acting suspicious or nervous? Is anyone loitering or otherwise look out of place? Are you making yourself a target by wearing expensive, flashy clothes and accessories or driving an expensive car? 
Before getting out of a car or walking out of a building, do you look out of a window first to identify possible dangers? In the macro, stay informed of the news, local, national, and global. Know your elected officials in Washington and keep up with what they are doing. Especially pay attention to the flow of money. Who are their donors? Who benefits from their efforts? How are they spending your money? How will any pending legislation affect you? Same goes for your elected officials on the state and local level. Know your community and how it works. Who are its local politicians, important bureaucrats, community leaders? What are the local power and water sources? How well do you know the roads in and around your community? Hint, you shouldn't need a GPS or Google Maps to find your way around where you live without getting lost. Do you know the bad areas of town to avoid? Pay close attention to economic and business news. How well is your company and industry doing? Layoffs are never really a surprise to those paying close attention. Do you know how safe and stable your bank and insurance companies are? Pay attention to their bottom lines and management shakeups to avoid nasty surprises. Well, how might it affect me? When looking for future threats, ask yourself, how might it affect me? For example, if you hear about a new shopping center to be built near your neighborhood, ask how will the new shopping center affect me? Answers might be positive, such as shorter shopping trips, more employment opportunities, and increased home value. And the answers might be negative, such as more traffic, higher crime, or more pollution. Think about how the actions of the local government, such as annexations and changes in zoning laws, might affect you. Also consider how changing economic conditions in your area might affect you. A local factory closing and layoffs of hundreds of people might affect you in many ways, even if you don't work there. Think through how the actions of others, like the government, businesses, and people, might affect you. And don't forget the internal. We mostly think of threats coming from outside, but often threats come from within ourselves. How is your health? Physical and emotional. Are you gaining weight? Losing fitness? Developing health problems? Developing addictions or bad habits? Notice your eyesight getting worse? Are you maintaining your current job skills? Are you learning the new job skills you need? Are you sinking into credit card debt? When is the last time you went to the gun range? Are you as good a shot as you used to be? When is the last time you had a first aid refresher course? Situational awareness needs to include an honest appraisal of yourself. Don't forget about your stuff. Be aware of any developing problems with your home or vehicle. Are you going to need a new roof anytime soon? Are the batteries in your smoke detector getting weak? Are your car's brakes starting to squeak? All right, good article there. A lot of information on situational awareness and really kind of... Uh, you know, expands a lot on this idea of what it means to be situationally aware. A lot of the times you hear that and you're like, okay, um, that's good. I'm, okay, I'm aware. You know, what, what exactly, what specifics are there? But uh, great explanation here of what should be going on using the OODA loop and uh, you know, asking yourself those questions. You know, how does this thing affect me? You know, how does something that the school district does or how is, you know, this new development outside, uh, how is it going to affect me? You know, uh, one of the things I know a lot of people have been asking in Houston is uh, how is new construction affecting the drainage systems and, and water leaving our streets fast enough so that we don't flood? Right. And so that's something that you might not think about until you actually feel the pain of, of flooding. 
but that's something that people are starting to ask more and more. And so they're being a little bit more situationally aware of what is happening around them with something that goes on in some you know, some other place nearby or even across the world, you know, could have an impact on you and, and, and on your life, life and on the way that you uh, do things and see things and experience life. And so a uh, great article here. I hope that you you uh, you do this now. Here's the here's the fear, right? When it comes to situationally, uh, you know, living this way and actually trying to incorporate being situationally aware. The 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 problem is is that you start doing this and you're just fearing all the time. You don't want to do that out of fear. You don't want to live out of fear. You don't want to. You're just being. You're smart. You're you're making smart moves. And you know, in the I guess nowadays with with so many distractions. You think back, you know, years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have our smartphones. We didn't have that. You know, in in the car, the most you had in your vehicle, the most you had was, you know, your radio or tapes or whatever that you were switching out and in or, you know, CDs uh, and switching those kinds of things out. That's the most that you had to deal with. Uh, when you were driving and you were, you know, uh, going around. Now you're like you've got uh, you're, you're listening to music on your phone. You're listening to the GPS. You you're you know you've got all these things going on. And like, man, let me tell you, uh, it just is, lately I pull up next to people and I see them swerving, and I'm like, are they drunk? And no, they're on their phone. And you just want to you just want to pull them over and just beat them on the side of their head. That you know they are you know you're situationally aware there. Uh, I am because uh, I pull back, or if I'm able to, I go around them. But they're weaving in and out, and so I'm situationally aware because they can cause me problems. How are they? How is their driving affecting me? Well, you know, they can run into me and and, um, and maybe ding my car, and then we're stopping and we're fighting through insurance and all those kinds of things, uh, you know, just to, to get my 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 vehicle fixed. And uh, you know, it just it just drives us nuts. Uh, when you it drives me nuts when I see that, but we were so distracted and the idea is you know don't be distracted just pay attention to what's going on that that's the you know that's just normal you should be doing that paying attention to the way you you live your life you know if you've ever seen a deer i was watching a, a video uh, on youtube i think last week there was a buck coming out of the woods and uh, i think it was chasing a, a doe and the doe was out there and just you know eating and doing doing her thing but the buck was on the edge of the of the the woods and it was being very very careful right it was looking both ways it was looking to see or trying to smell it was looking to see if there was any movement uh anything like that before it chased after this doe and it, you know it's like animals understand that animals know that it's for them you know that buck it goes out there out in the open and like if it's deer season they're dead right and so it's just smart it should be part of you know built into our uh you know our human ability to just go out there and pay attention to what is happening in our world and and you know in our situation in our local situation when we're going to the store when we're going to you know wherever where we're driving uh, to be safe and, and to make sure that uh, we take care of ourselves and take care of our families and then also on that i love the fact that he talked talked about the uh, the regional and the global aspect of it as well 
we're very tied into each other now. One thing where something happens in, in China or Russia or, you know, some other part of the world financially, you know, in Europe, it can cause ripple effects, you know, in our economy as well. So that's one thing that we're always watching and paying attention. So great article over here by Tim Gamble over at timgamble.com. Go check it out. He has some links here. He has the, uh, the the picture that will blow up if you're interested in looking at a, at a flow chart of OODA loop and how it all works out. Uh, you can go check that out. And, uh, you know, good stuff over there. All right, guys. Hey, that is it for episode 238. Thanks so much for starting your week off. Look forward to another week of uh, preparedness podcast. I look forward to another week of the Prepper Website podcast episodes with you. Hey, if you get a chance, I'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm on all those social medias. And, and uh, you know, when someone connects, I try to uh, respond in a very timely manner. And so I just do appreciate that. I appreciate it when people send me emails as well. I try to respond uh, there as well. And so uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.